Good morning. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. I have a couple of announcements. One is there is an insert for a hymn in your bulletin. That is what you need to use for that uh, hymn instead of the hymn number. No confirmation class today, but we will resume next Sunday afternoon. And tomorrow is, uh, the office is closed for Easter on Easter Monday. So let us begin our celebration of our Lord's risen life.
Let us pray together. Almighty God, through your only Son, you overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life. Grant that we who celebrate our Lord's resurrection by the renewing of your Spirit arise from the death of sin to the life of righteousness through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
us affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Good morning. Happy Easter. Everybody get up here. Well, what are we celebrating today? This, what, why do we celebrate Easter? Yes. Jesus rose from the dead and he died on the cross for our sins to save us, right? Well, today... I'm going to talk to you a little bit about symbols. And symbols are objects that remind us of things. Like the cross, a lot of people wear the cross, or we have the cross set up in here, and that helps remind us of Jesus' crucifixion where he died for us. And then we also have other symbols, especially around Easter time. What is one of the first things you guys think of when you think of, the, of Easter? Yes. A bunny rabbit, and what else? Any other ones? Yes. An egg, that's right. And I have some big Easter eggs. Could y'all hold these for me? I brought these from home. My boys like these. We sometimes hide them around the house. They're pretty big, but they're a lot of fun. Well, the egg, prior to when Jesus, oops, thank you. Prior to when Jesus came, um, there were people that worshiped other things. They were pagans. Um, and in the springtime, the egg was used as a, a sign of new things coming, new things growing. And then after Jesus came, we used this to celebrate new life and rebirth through new life when we accept Christ, right? So that's what you can think of. And then also when you, when you go to, you can come up here, Cameron. Okay. Um, <laughs> also, um, if you go to an Easter egg hunt, sometimes there might be one egg that's empty, and that is to remind us of the tomb when Mary Magdalene and Mary's, uh, Mary, Jesus's mother, opened the tomb and um, Jesus was not there, he had risen, and that's what we're celebrating today. Well, I have another symbol, if you want to hold one of these for me, Tom, you want to hold it? 
And Tom helped me pick these this morning, and they're actually on the front of our bulletin, and it's a dogwood. It's something that grows in the south. And there's a legend of the dogwood, and a legend is something that's been passed down. Um, it's a southern legend that people talk about, and um, it's about the dogwood flower. And the legend says that, now we don't know that this is necessarily true, but back in the time of Jesus, the, the dogwood tree grew the, as big as the size of an oak tree. And if you see an, a dogwood now, it's pretty small. Um, the limbs are very crooked and not very straight. And it's said that the, the dogwood from years ago was used um, as part of the cross. And then after Jesus died on the cross, the dogwood tree was cursed and they made the limbs crooked and small um, because Jesus died on it. And then when it blooms in the spring, it is in the shape of a cross. You see that? And then in the middle, it looks like the crown of thorns that Christ wore. And then on the edges, let me find a good one, because these were just blooming today. On the edges, and you can really see it on the back, it almost looks like nail marks, like holes at the end. And then there's a t tiny bit of red at the tip, like Jesus' blood. That likes, uh, that likes, um, that likes flowers. Yeah. So, you want to hold this one? I'm going to give everybody one today. So, after Jesus rose from the dead, after Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to Mary and Mary Magdalene, and he also appeared to the 11 disciples. And I'm going to read part of a verse to you um, that he said, he said, go into the world and preach the good news to all creation. And that's what we can do. We can share God's love with other people. So I'm going to give everybody a dogwood flower today. And you can... After you leave here, you can go home and you can tell your family or share with your friends the symbolism about the dogwood flower, but also what Christ did for us, what the cross means and what those symbols mean. Okay? Would you guys pray with me? Bow your heads. Dear God, thank you so much for what you did for us. Thank you for the sacrifice that you made to save us from our sins. We are so thankful for, for you. Please continue to be with us today as we, we remember you and what you did for us and as we um, celebrate this day with our families and friends. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Let us bow our heads for prayer. Oh Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Oh giver of life, you are our strength, our song, you have become our salvation. And by your steadfast love we have come to new life. And so offer our praises this Easter to your holy name. We are reminded that for our sakes Jesus died for our sins, was buried and then raised from the dead in accordance with this, your divine will, and thereby we are saved. But even on this Easter morning we must confess we've often been unfaithful people. We have doubted your abiding love. We have not taken seriously the great sacrifice that you made for us. We have not lived as people who have been redeemed from death. Just as Jesus overcame death to bring us life, we pray, O oh Lord, that you would blot out our sin and enable us to rejoice in new life, which comes only through Christ our Lord. Through the generations you have sent people to proclaim the good news of your grace to a world in need. So now we pray that by the inpouring of your Holy Spirit, you would send us to be proclaimers of your word to the world in which we live. In this day, when we rejoice in new life, we know that there are many who are surrounded in distress whether they suffer from body, mind, or spirit, we pray, O oh Lord, that you'd give them comfort, that you'd encourage them in their distress, you'd bring wholeness to those that are broken, and you'd sure all of your abiding presence. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would hear us and answer what we ask, not by the virtue of our merits, but by the merits of the one who died and rose again from the dead, your Son, 
Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray together with these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We United Methodists believe that giving is an act of worship, so let us continue our worship with our giving as our ushers come forward.
please remain standing for the reading of the gospel on this Easter. The gospel of Mark chapter 16, beginning with verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated and let us pray. Oh Lord, we are always in awe and wonder of your hand in our lives, especially on Easter morning when the tomb was empty and you were risen and it changed forever our lives and the lives of many. We pray, O oh Lord, this day uh, that you would help us as we focus upon uh, you and upon this great salvation that we have. And we also pray, O oh Lord, for Jack and for his family and for those medical people who are attending him. We pray that he will soon be strong and back with us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, friends, on Friday, Mother Mary, the disciple John, and a few others, they watched Jesus being nailed on the cross. They witnessed his pain. They heard him cry out, I thirst. And my God, why have you forsaken me? They listened as he finally bowed his head and he said, it is finished. And Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. They watched as his body was taken from the cross and was buried. Buried along with their hopes and their dreams. At least that's what they thought. Friday and all day Saturday, they mourned. And finally, on the first day of the week, early in the morning, they made their way to the tomb to properly uh, prepare the body, as was their custom. As you just heard, they were wondering, who's going to roll the stone away? When they got there, they saw an angel. And the angel told them, you're looking for Jesus among the dead. You should not be looking for him among the dead, but among the living, because he is not dead. He is alive. He is risen, just as he said, just as the scriptures had told us and told anyone who would pay attention, just as he told his own disciples, I must go and suffer and be risen on the third day. Jesus is alive. Christ is risen. And that is what we celebrate this day. And because of that, it's made all the difference in the world for each one of us. Generation later, there were some Christians gathered 
in a church in Corinth. And those Christians heard the Apostle Paul speak about this event. And this is the way he described it. And to me, it's probably the best description that can be found in the Bible for all of us believers who didn't get to be there and witness what had happened. It's chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians. It's often been called the great resurrection chapter. And he, he, Paul spoke to them this way. He said, now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you. The gospel which you received. The gospel in which you have been have taken a stand. And by this gospel you're saved. If you hold firmly to this word I preach to you, otherwise you will have believed in vain. For what I received, remember Apostle Paul wasn't a witness either. What I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That He was buried. That He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And that He appeared not only to those women, but to Peter and to the disciples. And after that, He appeared to more than 500 at the same time. Imagine being part of those first witnesses of the risen Christ. And with that introduction, Paul goes on to present, to present a tremendous testimony to the resurrection of Jesus. He goes on and he says, listen, I want to tell you guys a mystery. We will not all sleep. In other words, we won't all die, but we will all be changed in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. And when that trumpet sounds, those who are dead will be raised imperishable, and all the rest of us will be changed and we'll see the Lord Jesus Christ. These, of course, talking about that next coming of Christ. The one that every generation since those who, who witnessed the resurrection of the Lord have longed for, as we long for today. So this event transformed lots of things. It transformed time. It transformed uh, the tomb. It transformed life and death itself. And it transformed some other things. We're, we're just hearing about symbols. It transformed two symbols that, are, that we know today. One is a cross and one is a, is a tomb. Think about these for a moment. Before Jesus' resurrection, the cross was known as an instrument of horrible death. It was always wood. It was soaked with human blood, always. It was not a beautiful cross like we have on our altar or one that you may wear around your neck today. In fact, this type of execution was so uh, terrible that the Roman Empire prohibited this crucifixion of its own citizens. They were not allowed to be put to death that way. Crucifixion was only for the worst of the enemies of the empire. But today, because of Jesus' resurrection, we wear a replica. We wear crosses as a piece of jewelry, a thing of beauty. And all around the world, the cross is seen as a symbol of hope and a reminder of God with us in Jesus Christ. This is a transformation that occurred then and has continues to occur today.
Jesus' tomb is a transformation. Before the resurrection, for most of the people at that time, the grave was looked upon as the final chapter, the closing of a great door, the end of everything. There was no hope once a person died. But because of Jesus' resurrection, we can rejoice that death is not the end. Death is where life begins. Death is a door into the eternity. You know, we spend a lot of our time, I think, uh, as human beings looking for those things that we think will fulfill us. And Dale Evans once said, I spent most of my life searching for a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. He said, then I finally found it, and it was at the foot of the cross. And that is so true. Here is the pot of gold you've always searched for. Here is the key to life. It's at the foot of the cross. You know, all our lives we seem to work and struggle to accumulate things that we think are important. But the th bottom line is this. When you're dealing with death and what happens after death, all these other things are unimportant. Everything we see is temporary. But things we cannot see are eternal. What a difference the resurrection makes. All of time is divided by before Christ and after Christ. Before the resurrection, time was a limited thing. The Bible talks about the breath of life that we have in our nostrils. And then it's a fleeting thing and it's gone. And that's true. Life here is very brief. This morning, I was shaving and I was looking in the mirror and I said, my goodness, I look old. And then I said, maybe after I get a good night's sleep tonight, I'll look better tomorrow. Then I heard a small voice say to the left of me, don't count on it, honey. This is the best it's ever going to be. You know, that is kind of discouraging, isn't it? Time is slipping by. It goes so fast. It's hard to hold on to it. It's hard to hold on to anything. And I tell you right now, you who are out here that are young, time might seem to go by slow. I know when I was maybe 10 or 12, I thought time, you know, I never could reap God. be forever. I could be 16 to, to be able to drive. And then I thought it would be forever when I could finally get out of high school. And then I thought it'd be forever before I ever got out of college, okay? Then I thought it'd be forever before I found the right woman. And blah, 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 blah. Now it's like, Lord, time's going so fast. It's like it goes so fast when you're old. It's fleeting. It moves so fast. Here I am, just a few Sundays away from retirement. I, I never even thought about retirement when I was younger. But you see, because of the resurrection, because of what happened with that empty tomb, what we celebrate today, time has been changed into something that ended to something that's eternal. And that should change the whole purpose and meaning and scope of your earthly life. There is transformation of time because of the resurrection. It is, of course, the transformation of life itself. And so it should help us. It should help us to regain and to understand what it means to be an Easter person, Easter people. 
It should help us in the face of the despair and hopelessness that seems to be so pervasive today. You know, if you watch and listen very long the news, you'll be filled with despair. Uh, children growing up neglected and abused. Uh, diseases for which there's no cures. Uh, terrorism that never ends. If the only hope that you have is the hope that this world offers, you have no hope at all. The message of this world is despair. But in contrast, what Jesus says what has happened with Easter, because you are an Easter people, what's happened is we can listen to what Jesus says when he says, I have come to bring you life and more abundant life, to show you how to live, to bring you hope and joy and peace and love, to give you a reason for living. So we need to hold on to that and to hold on to the resurrection promise. Even if your life is racked with pain, even if there's loneliness and sorrow, you can find strength that comes from Jesus and His resurrection. His resurrection, I hope you're listening carefully to that first hymn. Because He's risen, we can rise. Because of this transformation of death, we have life. Before the resurrection, death was the end. Before the resurrection, death was the final curtain call. Before the resurrection, all we could do was mourn as those who have no hope. God forbid if Jack had died right there, his hope, he still, we would know that he had died with hope, the hope of eternal life. What a better place to be than in the church and to suffer some ailment. People praying for him. Because of the resurrection, there is the hope. There's the hope and the promise that this is not the end. Jesus is alive. I know that Jesus is alive. I experience the risen Christ, if not daily, on a weekly basis. I'm convinced that there is a heaven. I know that we have something to look forward to beyond this life. We must regain that hope and the strength that comes from that hope and we, as we make our way through this earthly journey. Our sins are forgiven. They're forgiven by His shed blood. We have the promise of everlasting life. That changes, in my opinion, our whole concept of life and what living life should be about. It changes our whole concept of death. It changes our whole concept of the tomb. It changes our concept of a bloody, torturous instrument of death called a cross. So the next time that life starts to move you towards depression, or someone comes up to you and say, tell me some good news because all I hear is bad news, tell them the Easter story. Tell them that Easter has made all the difference in your life and it can make all the difference in their life. That's what people need to hear. There's way too many people who've become depressed and think that this is all there is. There's nothing else. There's no hope. Friends, we have the hope they need. It's the Easter story. It's the risen Christ. It's His presence to us through the Holy Spirit. And that is good news. Easter has transformed us. Easter has transformed our very lives to ones of hope. That's the reason we come and gather at Easter. 
because we want to hear it again. We want to feel it again. We want to know that there's other people out there who believe as we do. That's why we come and worship. Even though you know I'm going to say the same thing every, every year, basically. Right? I might add a different joke here and there. But it's still the same message. And in fact, it's the same message every Sunday. Every Sunday is a mini Easter. It's a time for us to celebrate that we are people of hope, that we're people of the promise. We are Easter people. We have something to celebrate. We have something to glorify. We have some reason to praise God this day. You know, we've been journeying through Lent. We've been talking about the words of the Lord. The final word didn't come from the cross. The final word came from the tomb. And it's a simple word. It's the best word. It's the one we need to take out of here and live by. Risen. Risen. Christ is risen today. Christ is risen indeed. We are risen because of Christ. Easter has dawned once again in my life and your life, and I am very thankful, and I can say hallelujah to that. Amen. Now, this closing hymn is the one that you need your insert for. So if you look for the insert, 302. And for some reason, I don't have one. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. All right. Let's stand and sing.
Christ is alive, and because of that, you have the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the love of God, and you have the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit. Amen.